Hi. Hi. <laughs> Long time no see. Yeah. We could just talk as we go. I could tell you about the yeah. spa. <laughs> ah, yes. Let's go. Let's go. Perfect. So let's do. Welcome. Welcome, everybody, to this episode of Squintcast. I'm Kelly. I'm Brittany. And today we're eventually going to talk about the season one finale of Bones episode 22. The, what's it called? The Woman in Limbo. Woo! season finale 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 i can't believe it wow can you believe we did that that's crazy talk that's 21 episodes down one to go Seven thousand more to go so exciting yeah there's a lot of episodes (laughs) one to go for this season wow all right love it i love it i cannot wait it's going to be so great What accent is that? I don't know. It's so great. Uh, I love Slovenian. it. <laughs> Gregory. That's the only one I know. Is his middle name Stanislav by any chance? No. No. Why would you say that? That seems super common. No. His uh, middle name's Andre. Just like his dad's name's Andre. Oh, really? Andre I didn't Jr. know that. And then Andre has an Andre. So there's Andres huh. everywhere. I didn't know that. Well, yeah. Wayne's middle name is after Mark's mom, Josephine. His middle name is Joseph. Oh, wow. Yeah. Why? Are you going to have more kids? That's the plan, hopefully. If Why it's in the you? cards. Okay. <laughs> so we're not 100% on a second one right now. Okay. Okay. We, no, we do want a second one for sure. But we just need to, we're trying to figure out like when the best time would be. Okay. Also, I need, we, neither of us really have a preference for boy or girl, but I feel like two boys would be good. But a boy and a girl would be fine too. <laughs> Anyway. Like you have any control over that, Brittany? No. Zero. Oh my God, you have no control. You're like, I want this, and you're so funny. Oh my God. <laughs> I want it. I got it. I want it. I got it. <laughs> that Ariana Grande song. I honestly oh don't know what song that is because I'm an old lady. But do you know what song I do know? What song? Stand by. I'm gonna play it for you. <laughs> the one that was playing to in this episode. Let me turn it up. Here it comes. When was this playing? <laughs> I know the song, but I'm going to play it when it comes up because it made me laugh when I heard it. I was like, oh, my God, this song. Anyway, this whole episode, like, I know it's supposed to be a serious episode, but there's a lot that goes on. That's pretty funny. (laughs) Well, yes, it's like funny moments. The actual episode itself is not funny. We have a Brendan focused episode this time. Mm. 
Yes. Last time we spoke, it was a booth episode. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting because it, yeah, I think I found this episode like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's like high anxiety, this episode. Yeah. I felt. Like I felt I, Brennan's anxiety. I felt Brennan's anxiety for sure. But for me, I have seen this episode so many times. <laughs> so, so I feel like every time I watched it, it was like a little bit less anxious. But because even when I watched it when I was pregnant, I was like, I knew what was happening. So I was like, I feel a little less anxious. I, I like to read the end of a book. So. You'd like to what? I usually read the end of a book just in case, you know, <laughs> read the last chapter, make myself feel better. Go to the beginning. Really? Oh, you I don't... actually do. Before you read the whole thing, you read the end? Usually and often it's very interesting because quite often you don't actually know any of the characters. So you, read... <laughs> you read it and then you're like, oh, like as you're going, you're like, mm okay i would never do that in a million years it's like a rule and i would never like i would never think to do that i'm a rebel and i don't want to be spoiled like i don't need to know like okay you can spoil shit for me i don't care but at the same time like i want to read the whole thing oh my god i've never heard of anyone doing that i'm the same with movies like mark and i'll be watching a movie and he gets so irritated with me because i'm like picking up my phone like we're like halfway through the episode not even like maybe 20 minutes into the episode or the show or the movie sorry and i'm like picking up my phone like ending to what happens Does oh my god i was like stop it <laughs> hence the reason why she thinks she can control whether or not she has a boy or yes. a girl i'll get back exactly. to you you're telling me a lot about yourself when you tell me these things oh for sure you. you like to have control over things I'm, like i like to be in control you don't want to be in a place of like limbo as no limbo scary limbo is like <laughs> uncertainty is very bad whereas me it's one of the things like I've had to learn, especially in sobriety, and my sponsor always tells me, like, you have to be comfortable and with uncertainty and just be accept yeah. whatever happens and not marry myself to an outcome. Yeah. Because that's like a path to suffering what you're doing, Brittany. I'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to suffer. <laughs> yes. But that's okay. Mm -hmm. I will get there one day. It's definitely good to let go of control every so often and let go of expectation and just be open to experiences. Yes. Well, it's easy to say, though. It's easy to yeah. say that because, I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. It's a constant effort to be okay with uncertainty. It's not something that's yes. just like, oh, everything's fine. It's just something like okay. I'm aware, <laughs> like, this is crazy yeah. and, like, it's hard to do. So that's I get it. though I that you have that, like, ability to do that. Sometimes, sometimes I get really wrapped up in how things are going to turn out, which yeah. makes me super neurotic and anal and kind of miserable. So, yeah, I'm really fun to live with. Regardless, <laughs> um, <laughs> what the listeners don't know, we're going to open up the push the curtain back a little bit on this fourth wall here. Boom, boom. Is that we're recording after Canada Day weekend and Brittany and I actually got to see each other. IRL. <laughs> it was great. Multiple times. <laughs> yes yes we were up north it was so wonderful 
Yes. Well, how long has it been since you've been up there? We were up May long weekend. So it had been just over a month and that made a huge difference for how it was with Wayne. Um, which I really, it was a lot better than the last time we went. Like he took like a two and a half hour nap in the middle of the day on Saturday. We were like, what do we do with ourselves? This is wonderful. <laughs> like slept fine at night, like adjusted really, really well to Planitza this time. Um, and just like he's up for a lot longer, like his wake windows are a lot longer. So it's easier to like get out and enjoy the time, put him to bed. And like, we have a Wi-Fi monitor now so we can actually like be outside the building yeah and like be down by the fire within like we're a minute away from him but listen, down by the fire this is a classic planitza thing just so listeners know everyone does this everyone yes. has a baby monitor so that they can go to the bonfire and while their baby's sleeping they're literally like seconds away from the building where their babies are sleeping yeah it's so and nice <laughs> it's very safe and yeah super safe monitor their kids while they can relax yeah. and enjoy the bonfire often it's so nice some people are really enjoying the bonfire yes i don't know how they do it i don't know how people can drink <laughs> that much beer and like be able to function the next day yeah. let alone wake up with children yeah that's not for me so i like i don't when i'm at planitza especially since we've had wayne like i i'm not a big drinker to begin with so but i just yeah. don't drink because i'm like lightweight <laughs> well probably because i don't drink at all now but like i don't know i just i don't never i'm it's not something that i grew up doing or like yeah. i'm not yeah. like married to the idea of like being at planitza you have to drink so yeah i just don't drink and then i feel more comfortable being like if something were to happen exactly like if, then i'm fine <laughs> exactly so but the thing i is, still really... enjoy the bonfire of course, the bonfires were great this weekend because the weather oh was gosh. so beautiful. And the, oh, yeah. The huge fireworks display on Friday night, which Brittany missed. I did miss it, but I was <laughs> pumping and then I was really comfortable laying down. I heard right. it going off and I was like, oh, damn it. I had just laid down. I was like, God damn it. <laughs> was Wayne sleeping? Oh, yeah. Wayne was Yeah, out. see? So that's it. You're like nice and quiet, alone. Yeah. Relaxing. Yeah. There's no shame. There's no shame. No. I'm like, I'm just going to be alone right now. <laughs> yeah. The fireworks, just trust me, they were awesome. They were really, oh, yeah. really great. Alex did a great job. And uh, yeah, it was. I just, it was nice. We had a really nice time. Uh, the family, we went to visit a neighboring family that has a huge farm next, very de close to Planitza down the so road. So cool. They have a bunch of chickens. They have like a hundred acres. We had lunch. It was nice. Really nice. Yeah, Greg that's... and I brought all the food. We brought all the lamb chops and the vegetables and everything in the salad. Oh As if you so. brought lamb chops. Like you fancy. It's amazing. Well, Greg buys them down the road at our our um, halal butcher, this guy down the street. Oh, okay. And he gives them a good price and they're very good. And Perfect. Greg grilled them at Tony's place. And he grilled all the vegetables and I made a big pasta salad. And, and the woman, like the wife was so happy. She was like, wow, oh, yeah. you can, you're invited anytime, you know, you can oh, come for over sure. and bring all the food, <laughs> cook everything <laughs> and I don't have to do anything. So oh, yeah. just, I, we're the best guests like that. We bring, we I bring everything. I was going to say that's like, us. that's the <laughs> ultimate hosting experience. Like your guests do everything. It's just like, yeah. <laughs> You want to do the dishes too, or maybe we, we just did that. Use disposable. We did the dishes. Yeah, 
We did the dishes for sure. Do they fun. live there now or is this like a vacation property for them? It's a vacation property, but like wow. any typical Slovenian, it's like a make work project. Everything's like, yeah, I don't understand how these people have energy. Like they have this property now. It's a hundred acres. She just planted 25 grapevines. They have a bunch of chickens. Wow. They have all this land that they want to do all this stuff with. And I'm just like, wow, you just don't know when to stop. <laughs> That's amazing. Honestly, Crazy. Mark and I, like, we're moving. Well, we're going to move in August Woo! to our new place, which is exciting. Woo! But we there's work that needs. It's not a lot, but like there's work that needs to be done. Yeah. And we're kind of like, oh, <laughs> like maybe we hire someone to help us paint maybe we do that i would do that if i if you can if yeah. you can afford it just hire somebody to do yeah. it for sure yeah do I it th i think it'd be worth it so we're we're thinking we're gonna hire someone to paint because we there's other stuff that we have that we can do ourselves we and we can paint but i think we're gonna get like majority of the painting done and then like we'll do murals and we'll we'll do another mural in wayne's room but we'll like paint that ourselves i don't know it's just like, I, how do people have energy? <laughs> Brittany, do you remember how long it took you to do the mural you did in your yes. condo? Yes, when I was like 36 weeks pregnant. I'm pretty sure I talked about it in like season, in the second episode or something. <laughs> Brittany, this mural. <laughs> no more murals. Please, please. You don't want to they talk have, about it again? Th there are companies that can come in and paint your house in a day. So yeah, that's think, true. Think about it. Think about it. Amazing. Uh, yeah, the mural <laughs> took me a long time. I was also extremely pregnant. Oh my god! I don't even know why you were doing any of that stuff. I'm like, what yeah. are you doing right now? I don't know where I got that. Energy. I can't help you. I'm sorry. You are that's just okay. miss... put everything I'm on, on my, my plate and see how much I can get done, lady. <laughs> You're the queen. Except You're the queen. <laughs> the queen of getting nothing done for my to-do list but having a huge speaking list speaking of a woman that has way too much on her plate yes what's up well <laughs> i was thinking we could transition to our friend dr brennan oh my god yes perfect and talk about <laughs> how very busy this woman is and oh. <laughs> how in the opening of this episode she is pulled in every single direction do you oh, want to yeah. start us off I'd love to. Okay, let's this, do it. The beginning of this episode gives... Uh, the beginning of this episode, this first scene really gives us some insight into Brennan's life. Um, we start out by finding out that she needs to go to court because she's about to testify. Uh, Booth is really trying to rush her out, but people are pulling her in all different directions. Goodman wants her to tell him if something is like Irene, if there's some sort of skull or whatever is, sorry, Syrian, Hedite or Egyptian... <laughs> then um zach is asking to get specific information and to get signed off on this skull so that he can put it in for processing for facial reconstruction with angela right um the whole time booth is like go 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 do not respond to these people you need to go <laughs> he's following her around like come on stop oh, bothering yeah. her i have to get her to court like stop trying to get her to do this and everybody wants her attention Oh my God. And she's like, <laughs> she gets so like nitpicky too. She's like, I need my hand. I need my spe these specific notes. Like she needs like a specific set of notes. Yeah. It's apparently last time that she didn't have them. And they told her that her testimony was terrible, which it wasn't 
Booth said that that was just a ploy. Anyway, so they're walking out. Booth finally convinces her he does the that she does not need these original notes. And then they run into David, which, oh, David, do you remember a couple episodes ago? <laughs> you went on this date after getting blown up, almost yeah. blown up or shot yeah. at. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, apparently David's still in the picture. This guy that she was going to meet for dinner at that time. Yeah, he's uh, from seems the. Seems like they're dating. He's from the website. Ah, oh, shit. What was the name of that one? Acceptable Partners or something. It had a really bad name. Yes. And he was. Uh, he was first timer something. First timer 4660 or something. <laughs> yes. So. Yeah. So they run yeah, into So they're David. dating. So yeah. it worked out. The fake match.com um, mm. seemed to work out. Uh, David was asking Booth, though, if that was going to be a problem after he tells, asks Brennan if, if David is like, oh, but do you have your original notes? She's like, oh, Booth, I, I told you that I needed them. Then she runs off and then they're awkwardly beside each other. And no, Booth they were like, circling so... each other like oh, dogs literally. Like, in the hallway walking around. And then Booth goes, so, uh, Dave, you and Brennan. And he's like, yep. And David goes, is this going to be a problem? And then Booth is like, uh, yeah. He says, I don't need, you need to understand that Brennan is very literal. And I can't have you making jokey, t- you know, giving her jokey advice you know, on the day that she yeah. has to go to court. Exactly. So he's like, wow. Like oh, that, yeah. that to me, I was laughing because I was like, Ooh! Ooh, he just pissed on that guy's leg oh yeah you could cut the tension with a knife like <laughs> you can tell okay booth and brennan have had all of these very intimate moments in the season which have gotten more and more uh frequent as the episodes yeah. have progressed right this episode we're gonna talk about it is no different mm-hmm. uh, meanwhile so like I didn't even realize that she had a boyfriend. To be honest, this entire time I've been like, "Go Booth, go Booth, <laughs> Booth and Brandon." Well, <laughs> the other thing was in the hallway. He he came to see her because she had given him, Brennan had given oh, David yeah. her manuscript for yes. her second novel. He she had given it to David to read before bone free, yeah, like bone he, free. I know. <laughs> He calls it bone free and Booth goes, Oh, what an awful title. And then he am tries to Yeah, I know. He tries to grab it. He's like, Am I in this one? And Brennan goes, No, you're not. And David goes, Definitely. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then they have the conversation about yes. like, oh, you guys are a couple. I skipped over that altogether. No, no, it's fine, it's fine. But that is an important piece of information that we have because relevant later so thank you for bringing that up kelly mm-hmm. well at, at so, this point uh where brennan's run back to her office for the original notes she's very flustered and she's like just running around she's just being pulled every which way so she's walking back to meet up with booth who says you know i'll meet you in the car i'll give you a couple minutes and then uh she sees that angela is working on something on the angelator like she's reconstructing something i think zach had mentioned earlier he had a skull on his desk so he zach and angela were working on this one case of this skull that was in storage for a number of years and zach called her calls storage limbo because he doesn't you know he figures they're all kind of waiting to be identified so angela's sitting there with this image on the angelator 
And, and Brennan starts to freak out when she sees this image. She's freaking out at Angela saying, you've made a huge mistake. What the hell are you doing? And then Angela's like, sweetie, it's okay. I'll turn it off. And then what oh, happens? Sweetie. God damn it. Uh, she, <laughs> she runs onto the platform without swiping her card. The alarm starts yes. blaring. Yes. She asks Zach if there's um, anything that came with the, the body. Mm-hmm. And he said, yeah, I have this, which has three artifacts, I guess, in it. She runs off with the bag. Security guard was like, oh, it's just Dr. Brennan. Everything's fine. And <laughs> Zach is also trying to tell her about some soil samples. She doesn't give a shit about that. And yeah. she runs into her office. She dumps this co- the contents of this bag out. At first, she sees a marble. Yeah. But then she really focuses in more closely on this bag that has a dolphin belt buckle. Mm-hmm. And she has a flashback um, to a woman wearing the exact same belt buckle. <clears throat> and then she starts to break down. And at this yeah. point, it's very obvious to the viewer Mm-hmm. Um, whether you're picking it up, if we're hopefully we're throwing it out there, this is Brennan's mother. Like it's very clear at this moment. You think it's that, clear? I don't think oh, it's clear me. at all. You don't I don't think, think it's clear. so? Well, no. I mean, if you're watching this for the first time, you just like you see this flashback of woman's wearing the belt buckle. But I don't know their relationship at this point. Like it's sort of like who is this woman she's thinking about? I think okay, that's fair. In my maybe I jumped to that conclusion because I was like, this is someone she's obviously intimate, intimately familiar with and very close with. And the only other person that they've ever mentioned really in the show that it could be in my mind would be the mother. So I jumped okay, so maybe I jumped to the conclusion that it's mother. This can we just for a minute? <laughs> uh, you know what? Okay. I'm gonna talk about I know about exactly what, what you're later. gonna talk about okay so (laughs) then booth is looking for her they he ends up in the angelita room angela zach and goodman are all standing around all confused they don't understand what's going on booth looks at this image immediately is like you guys are idiots obviously she's upset this is her he actually doesn't even say it to them picks up the phone immediately dials a number says brennan won't be in court today right gets off the phone then and says that's christine brennan yeah uh, angela you're her best friend fuck man like seriously i was thinking see i didn't think was it was booth her mother immediately one. it was booth that knew right away like he's like oh what she's so upset about oh there's this picture calls i love the i love how he picked up the phone calls them and says she's not gonna go to court today like he just cancels it all together like doesn't even tell them like doesn't explain to them first just calls immediately it's like she's always his first priority exactly yeah but the fact that brett that angela (laughs) i could just it never i don't understand their relationship i and we've already decided i've already determined that brennan is a better friend to angela than angela is to Brennan. like it's been shown to me many times over I'm sure I, we could argue about it with other Bones fans, but seriously, I'm like, what is up with this woman? Regardless, yeah. this is the big bomb. This is going to be an insane episode, and it's like very personal. And now we have our intro.
buckle up. (laughs) (laughs) And this is where I said in my notes that this episode is high anxiety. High anxiety. It's clear that a lot is going to happen. And back when this episode aired, it would have been clear at the time, although this doesn't really happen as much anymore because of the way that shows are released that there it would have been obvious that there probably was going to be a huge cliffhanger to keep us excited to come back in the fall to watch the next season but wow you are miss drawn conclusions today aren't you (laughs) i was reading the end well i wonder (laughs) i'd be curious to know if they had already renewed for a season two at this point um i yeah that's a good question because this did become a hugely successful show with a cult following but at this point was it as like i would be interested to see what season was the most successful yeah it's usually Um, season like three right yeah we should talk about that next week yeah so brennan is still staring at this belt buckle when when booth approaches her doorway Mm-hmm. Um, Brennan doesn't even really look up at him and is like, I have to miss court. He just kind of, he's so wonderful in this oh. scene. <laughs> His, he this tells whole her episode. this whole episode. Bones, I know. I'm so sorry. Oh yeah. The whole episode. Yes. She talks to him about how she remembers the belt, bu- belt buckle. She tells yeah. a story about, about, why she remembers it a memory a core memory that she has of this belt buckle um borrowing it without asking for her first day of high school yeah her mother loved dolphins so it was extremely special to her mother so the fact that her mother had it on her when she died or at least was on her body um in the grave is meaningful so to brennan at this point i think she's not i think she's kind of talking to to booth about how this sort of solidifies that the hope that she had sort of it it can't be there anymore but because they were missing she always had a small amount of hope that they were out there somewhere yeah um and she thought maybe if they if they were found that she would feel relieved but but she's not feeling that way at all um yeah i don't know and and at this point zach comes into brennan's office with the file that he has on her mother one two nine zero nine nine eight (laughs) at this point i was like so again we're trusting that angela's drawing is accurate and no one world has this belt buckle and we're just going to assume it's her mother is that right true what were the three items it was a belt buckle a marble a marble and i don't know what the third thing was i I don't remember what the third i don't think it was relevant yeah okay sorry no don't be sorry i just i just just thought it was funny that we were just automatically (laughs) oh yeah angela's drawings fantastic at art it's like all the other times are like oh i drew her smiling we have an idea. Let's go tell the whole family they're dead. It's like, oh, yeah. hey, can we get some DNA or some evidence? Like here? dental dental records. <laughs> exactly. Something. So Zach mm. doesn't really have much information. Um, 
The body was found in September of 1998. We're going to talk about that in a second. Yeah. Um, and it was found in Pennsylvania, which is why this can be an FBI case, I guess, cross-border, I suppose. I couldn't really understand that. Anyway, so there was no grave. Someone had just dug a hole at the edge of the cemetery, plopped the body in. Mm-hmm. Um, Zach literally says plops the, I think he actually says plop the body in. Yeah. And <laughs> not the, not, the, not the best time. Don't use Brennan language with Brennan, maybe. But anyway, <laughs> she's obviously very shaken up. Um, anyway, so basically he makes the point, although this is super insensitive, that technically her mother has been there the entire time that she's been working there at the Jeffersonian because the body got there in 1998 and she also was there in, 1998. in 1998. Yeah, it's wild. Kind of wild, inappropriate to say, but that's fine. Um, oh, well, who cares about that? Booth yeah, that's okay. is worried about Brennan. He doesn't think yes. it's a good idea that Brennan's asking all these questions. Yeah. And he's very worried about her. Um then Goodman interrupts with like an intercom thing. He pages her and says, listen, yeah. Angela's going to, Angela's going to drive you home. Your best friend that doesn't even know who your mother is. Exactly. <laughs> Brennan is upset. She looks like she's about to break down. And uh, Booth sort of walks, approaches her like desk a little bit closer. And he says, temperance, go home. Like he calls yeah. her temperance and tells her to yeah. go home. I would be curious how many times he's actually called her temperance over the course of this season. I think it would be only not like, very I think you could many. count on one hand. Like three, maybe? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I can uh, look the- through my notes because I definitely made a note of it. <laughs> Mark turned the light off and now I'm like, ooh, I look a little gray. So romantic. She put a candle on and make it. I don't like- need a light on, but like <laughs> <laughs> I just saw myself in the picture and I'm like, whoa. I could put a candle on. Make Ooh, it romantic in is here. Is it scented? Yes. <laughs> what is the scent? I don't know. They when I was at the spa yesterday, they got they let me choose my scent. Oh my god, you went to a spa. I forgot to ask oh, you about that. It was so How wonderful. Was it? I missed Wayne so much, but I Kathleen and Mark were both sending me pictures and videos, so that helped. Pretty sure the entire spa knew that I had left my eight-month-old at home, so that's cool. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, um, no, it was amazing. But they let me pick my scent. What was um, it? For my, like, hand scrub. Yeah. I, I don't even know what the other options were because I smelled this one, and I was like, mmm. <laughs> it was a, like, brown sugar scrub brown sugar and that's not a scent Brittany. something i don't know it was really <laughs> nice brown sugar and vanilla maybe i don't wow. know it was amazing i was like okay everybody uh, Brittany had a nice time doesn't remember anything it's fun no it's but that fine. means it's good it means you had a nice time <laughs> yeah no it was good sorry okay this is where we get into you don't be sorry stop okay. being sorry i'm not sorry but i can't believe i'm even talking about anything else other than this episode Listen, because this next this scene, next scene. <laughs> like, where is David? First of all, whatever. Second of all, Booth Brennan's at home. Shows up. Yeah, well, she's, she's at, at home. home by herself, sitting, looking at pictures. It's after midnight. She mm-hmm. she mentions that. So it's after midnight. She's sitting there just looking at old pictures, reminiscing. So she has old pictures, by the way, that she 
could have maybe shown Angela at some point in the time of their friendship. But anyway, um, <laughs> but then there's a knock at the door. And who is it? It is Booth standing there with delivery from Wong Fu's. Woo! And he claims that he was driving by and saw the lights and might yeah. want some Wong Fu's. Nice try, Booth. We all know that you're in love with Brennan. And you just Stop it! Stop anyway, it! Okay, I'm done. I'm done. Okay, Stop fine. <laughs> so she, she's like, oh, you saw my lights from the road? You can tell she is so, so grateful that he's come by. She immediately lets him in. It's obvious that she knows he's lying, but lets him in. Of course! And it comes He's got one food! He's it's no it, he could have come alone. No, with Wong Fu's, I'd be like, oh, yeah, come on in. But also doesn't ask at any point if David's there. <laughs> Just like shows up. Like, are you alone? Are you with your boyfriend? Kind of like that time you showed up at my house and I was with my girlfriend wearing yeah. <laughs> he's wearing my shirt. She opened the door and she wasn't wearing his shirt so david's shirt so i guess it's okay right yeah i guess so i didn't even think of that i did think of it though i'll take i'll say that i did think of it later especially like where's david yeah especially at their age i would think that like in my mind who knows what the timeline is it's hard to tell like episode to episode how much time has passed in between but presumably it's been quite a few episodes so they've been dating for a little bit yeah she, he just read her manuscript like he read her her copy of her book so i'm kind of like they're pretty close he doesn't spend the night ever not once yeah especially she after she just 30s? found out like her mother has been in the jefferson yeah for however many years seven years hashtag david anyway so she <laughs> hashtag where's david where's david <laughs> um so basically he's just there to lend an ear basically she's um kind of reminiscing a little bit telling some stories he's reassuring her that when he gave her when she gave him the missing persons file that he did some poking around but there wasn't really much that he was able to do because there there's no there was no actual case no clear jurisdiction so he couldn't do much um but booth was able to find the car that went missing um mm-hmm. from basically the parents disappeared with the car and then the car was found uh a, a thousand miles or over a thousand miles away um and it was in some federal impound, impound lot in jersey that's where booth had found it after all these years like it, even though so much time had passed it was still there i guess that's helpful wonderful thank you um <laughs> well we nobody out. claimed it nobody, no, claimed, oh, nobody the car. claimed it yeah so i guess they don't know what to do with it if no one claims it but we find out that her father was a high school science teacher we'll come back to that and her mother was a bookkeeper also we'll come back to that um <laughs> and she was a witness for some some case at some point so there might be some motive her brother russ I'm assuming short for Russell. Anyway, her brother Russ is on parole and he was running some sort of chop shop or whatever and ended up in a bad situation and now he's on parole. Brennan, at this point, you can tell, 
does not like her brother or is like not surprised that he's gotten himself into trouble at all and is not really all that pleased with booth when she finds out that booth had actually talked to him i don't know see okay that's where she starts out pretty heavily like anti-russ she's very anti-russ she keeps saying that he abandoned her yes and he's obviously a very troubled he had a troubled youth and um she's just not impressed with him and she's more just surprised that booth actually spoke to him like she's yeah definitely definitely surprised yeah i guess maybe i was reading into the fact that she because yeah she kept mentioning he deserted me abandoned me mm-hmm. um maybe i'm reading into that she was upset you are reading into everything today i'm a big reading into her drawing conclusions and oh my god jumping the gun and Ugh. making you know again trying to control the outcome let oh it go god. okay i'm letting it go let it go let it go, let it go. <laughs> But anyway, my <laughs> whole thing here is that Booth is there to like eat Chinese food, shoot the shit, talk to her about opening a federal case. Like, I can help you with yeah. this. Like, he's there to support her, support yes, her, support to her, to be there her. for her. And that to me is very like he's showing through his actions. Like he's yes. there for her. He's supporting her. That's his love language. Taking his her lead. Like, just okay, let's do it. Like he's available. He's freaking available which is more than i can say for a lot of guys oh yeah hashtag um, well, where's david you can say for david yeah <laughs> I was gonna say. like her mother was just found dead and david's probably like at the bar with his buddies oh stop like, it sleeping he might soundly. be at work he's a busy guy isn't he like a doctor Ugh. or something but he does something i can't, I can't remember, remember. <laughs> whatever it is he doesn't care enough about brennan obviously anyway sorry i'm gonna stop um so next day at the lab yes. i just want to say i'm very excited because hodgins brings up adipasir adipasir's back in the house we got adipasir 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 ooh, ooh. i think this show has made me smarter on some level and very dumb in others but Adipasir was mostly smart woman in the garden wasn't it yes woman in the garden he talked about that a lot which makes sense because the body was buried in a shallow grave similar to the situation there mm-hmm. um are you saying that you like hodgins in this episode absolutely Tell not me. okay just checking um Never. so this is a scene where we start to see some inconsistencies between what when brennan believes that her mother should have died mm-hmm. and when it appears that she actually died brennan believes don't, that she was don't get ahead of yourself girl i'm not she was buried she believes that she was buried near um christmas of 1991 because that's when they disappeared um and hodgins is saying that the body was buried at least five years Mm-hmm. um based on the adipocere and then some other things in the soil yeah um and brennan's like no, no no it would be seven years so booth needs the room he walks in he says yes i need i need the room guys because he has a bomb yes he does 
But I like this. Wait, before all that happens, I need you to tell. Says, I need you to say what happens. Tell me. <laughs> well, he walks in. He goes, "I need the room, guys." So he wants. Uh, then Zach looks at Brent uh, Booth and he goes, "What do you mean? You need the whole lab?" <laughs> and Hodgins goes, "No, it's just cop speak for get lost. Get lost." <laughs> I love that. I'm sorry, everyone. Just uh. Kelly loves something that Hodgins said. Stop it! I'm just saying it's funny. (laughs) Okay. Booth comes in. He gets the room. (laughs) He's one-on-one with Brennan. Mm. Booth is doing his job. He looked back at who his parent who her parents were to try to get an idea of some maybe some maybe some motive. Um who the, what their jobs were who their friends were but then he noticed that christine brennan didn't exist before 1978 which is odd yeah and then he starts asking her skill testing questions you're right <laughs> how do you know what the uh, most common way of creating an identity is kelly <laughs> me well i only know this because booth told me it's basically finding a dead person who has the same birth date as you and taking on their ide- their uh, identity. I also didn't know that. But uh-huh. so Booth found one like that. So there was a Matthew Brennan who was born and died in 1948. And he says to Brennan, he doesn't really spell it out to her. He's not like, this is what happened. He's just like, do you understand what I'm implying? Yes. And Brennan gets very upset. Yeah, she doesn't um, seem to be grasping the reality that her parents were using assumed identities. Yes. Um, yes. She doesn't want to believe it. She's just saying, like, I don't know what any of this means. And then he really spells it out at this point, which he probably should have done to begin with, to be honest. I don't think this was the best approach. Um, but like you said, he he spells it out to her that while well, your parents are using li- living under assumed identities mm. and Brennan is just like, Oh my God. <laughs> I know. Right. So there's a lot going on here. There's a lot happening. So yes. the next scene, we meet a new character. We are at some Moorhead kind city, North Carolina, town some kind Carnival. of fair. And Yes. What an inappropriate song for this scene. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's pretty uh, dodgy fair vibes. Honeymoon I sweet. So. Why not? <laughs> I guess. But like, we're just meet- we're about to meet the, uh, in my mind, Brennan's most hated man. <sighs> Russ. <laughs> you, know the honeymoon suite's a- you know Honeymoon Suite's a Canadian band, right? Is it? yeah i didn't know that that's pretty cool that's why i thought it was really funny that that song was playing while he was so russ is there fixing this we don't know it's russ we know booth is standing there kind of being a smart ass saying hey do you have a license to fix that ferris wheel and then booth's being a tough guy and he says you know i i threatening him all the time and and saying hey i talked to you a couple of months ago and 
then Russ looks at him and he's like, you know, what do you want to talk to me about my childhood? And then he goes over to Booth. Booth shows him the photograph or a rendering of Angela's beautiful sketch of Brennan's mother. Yeah. And Russ, this is Russ, Brennan, we're being introduced to. And uh, Russ is really shocked. And Booth tells him that it was his sister that made the ID. And Russ asks if they found it, the, his father. And he hasn't been found, so he's kind of uh, in the wind right now. We don't really know what's happening with the father. And then Booth asks a very pointed question. He wants to know if Russ remembers being anyone else or having a different name at any point in his life. And I don't think Russ says anything. He just says no. I don't know what you're he talking says no, about. He says no, but he says no in a way that's very, like, short. But it, right. at this point, it's like, okay, you're either hiding something or we know he's on parole. So maybe he's just talking he's to being cautious. Booth, who's a cop. So it's like, yeah. I don't really want to talk to you. Yeah, he's being super cautious. And then Booth is strongly suggesting <laughs> that Russ go come to D.C. and help with this investigation into, you know, their mother and father and everything. And then sort of threatens Russ if he doesn't come. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Like, says that he's going to cite him for performing unlicensed repairs on heavy equipment <sighs> so that know. he gets his parole revoked. Like, he, this guy has no choice but to come. I know. So his hands are tied. And this is the issue, too, which is why this is another reason why crime doesn't pay. Because yes. you're never free. You're no. never free. Regardless. Exactly. No matter how much money you're promised, no matter how... Oh, it's never... You never have true freedom when you're committing crimes. Yeah. I. <laughs> so I think that the scene was supposed to be pretty serious, but then it ends kind of jokingly. Yeah. Um. So after he, after he threatens them, he's like, oh, like, by the way, if you ask me, like, you're never going to get this thing up and running. It's beyond hope. And as he's saying that, <laughs> Russ starts up the ride and, it, and these, like, people have been sitting on it the whole time. So hopefully... <laughs> waiting well, for russ to have this conversation with yeah booth. russ is literally having a conversation with booth while people are sitting on this ride waiting for it to go and yeah. who knows how long it's been broken and the guy who's running the ride has already like complained about how long it's taking for him to repair yeah it. <laughs> so i never really put that together i was this just thinking like imagine being on the top of this like, ferris wheel oh my god <laughs> like stuck there seeing this guy chatting like the guy who's supposed to be repairing chatting with this like muscly looking guy like i'd be i'd be like hello everything down terrifying her friend terrifying oh my god hopefully it wasn't a windy great. day <laughs> anyway we're back at the Jeffersonian. Tell me what happens between Angela and Hodgins. Yeah, so back at the lab, Hodgins is like freaking out and asks Angela to come over and look at this evidence he was going over. And he starts telling her all this technical stuff that like the process he went through to get to this conclusion. And she's just like, come on, cough it up. Like, I don't need to hear all these details, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I'll be honest, like, I would love to rewatch that scene and sort of like go over because he is very detailed about how he went about sort of reconstructing this evidence actually yeah it's kind of cool <laughs> it was really interesting it like is really he... cool but he's worried because it turns out that this piece of evidence 
is a movie ticket that dates two years after Brennan thinks her mother died or disappeared. Yeah, yeah disappeared. disappeared because yeah. her mother disappeared in around Christmas of 1991. And right. The Fugitive was the third top grossing film of 1993. And that's the movie that she had seen. That's the movie ticket that was in her pocket. That's the ticket. So now they're like, there's a huge dilemma because they have to decide whether or not they're going to tell Brennan the truth because they're not sure how she's going to take it. They're worried about it. But at the end of the day, Brennan comes in and they come clean. Like, and Angela's there to support Hodgins because I think he was really worried (laughs) about how Brennan was going to react. But he's, he says, he just said like, here's the truth. And she gets, She's sort of defiant about it and says, oh, no, it's impossible. And she tries to think of all the scenarios, like why this ticket would be there, blah, blah, blah. And Angela's like, yes, all of this is possible. But also this is possible that she died. Like it was two years later that she actually died. So then Hodgins is various. I did appreciate this. He's assertive in this moment and said, we decided to tell you the truth, Brennan. Like we decided to tell you this. So yeah, we, we made that decision and we thought that that was what was best. Mm-hmm. Even though it seemed at one, at one point during the scene, I thought Angela was going to go back on it, but then it worked out. Yes. <laughs> um, while this is happening, Brennan kind of like walks away, picks up her mother's skull and starts examining it. Yeah. And believes that she found uh, during the same scene comes to the conclusion that she thinks she found the cause of death. Um, and starts to show Zach uh, some discoloration inside the skull. At this point, Angela leaves because she's no longer needed. Hodgins <laughs> is also not there anymore. Is Angela ever needed? I mean, she obviously was to recreate. The, she's the, the catalyst for this whole thing. By creating that image. I love how you're like totally slamming Angela now. It's so funny. <laughs> I'm I so totally sorry. Made you come over to the dark side. I still like Angela's character and I like where she ends up, but like uh-huh. season one is not her time to shine. <laughs> not I yet. No. So what they determined Zach confirms there's a subdural hematoma on the skull, but weirdly there's like no evidence of a blow to the head directly. It's like this weird uh evidence that he just is he finds it very odd and just then as zach and brennan are looking at the skull russ walks into the lab with booth and brennan is super distracted because she's like sees russ and she gets she looks like she's about to have an anxiety attack while she's trying to keep her shit together like she's just like telling zach like giving him a whole bunch of instructions of what to do then Booth and Russ walk up onto the platform and Brennan is, is just so, you can, I could feel her anxiety in this moment. Oh yeah. She stands up and tells Booth that she doesn't want to talk to Russ and she walks away without, she completely snubs Russ, like walks away from him and doesn't even look at him. Oh yeah. Tells Brent, tells Booth in front of him. Yeah. Like, and she whispers, but I'm sure that Russ heard saying, I don't want to talk to him. Yeah. Like, why would you bring him here? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. They have a little side combo. Um, with Z- <laughs> Booth leaves Russ there, turns to Zach, is like, if he moves, shoot him with the tranquilizer, tranquilizer gun. 
or a dart or something. And right. Zach is like, but I, I don't actually have a tranquilizer gun. Like, what? <laughs> like, okay, Zach, get it together. Yeah. Um, Brennan then tells Booth exactly what you just said, how her mother died. Mm-hmm. Um, and somehow, with very little words and maybe a little convincing, um, convinces what? her to talk to her brother. Because he says, well, he says better to help us than than your brother well he says you just found out your mother was murdered like literally yeah. like two seconds ago so yeah we, we could really use your brother's help like yes <clears throat> which next scene now they're together yes yes and like some other scenes you can cut the tension with a knife <laughs> uh yeah. turns out that marble was actually russ's and he wants it because he's like oh this is my favorite marble and she's like so stern yeah they're back in says, brennan's office right yes and russ is yeah. look he's like oh look what, yeah there's this marble here <laughs> and she's like no you cannot have it it's the rules <laughs> he's like it's just a kid's marble whatever but we find out at this point so russ yes she claims that brennan claims that he abandoned her however we find out that he calls every single year on her birthday mm-hmm. and she never picks up. She yep. specifically avoids that call. Um, and she tells him that he should have taken a hint, which is not very nice. I thought mm-hmm. anyway, so she, when, but anyway, when she tells him that he can have the, the marble, he's like, okay, same old Tempe, never met a world worth breaking and she's like same old russ on parole wow like i thought i was like "Ooh, that's cold oh yeah i was so cold she's cold as ice oh yeah crazy cold man was she willing to sacrifice (laughs) i love no um yeah but russ i have to say he's taking this in stride he kind of like he's pretty good expects this from her on some level he's yes. a little bit beaten down and downtrodden you know he's not doing great i i don't know man i feel bad for <laughs> i feel so bad for us at this point i'm like especially when he says that he calls her every single year on her I birthday know. i was this like oh not my god what brennan has been depicting she no. makes it sound like they haven't been in touch at all when he called yeah. like i'm sorry but that's wild he to tried to call her so how is that him abandoning exactly her? we'll get there but booth and angela end up in angela's office um and booth is going to send russ to angela to have him describe some people that he may have seen when he was a seven-year-old boy um he's being very vague she kind of calls him out for being very vague she's like what exactly do you need me to draw um but basically the whole goal is to have her talk to him maybe get her him to open up and if he remembers anything at all from when the parents disappeared or before then maybe when the identities were changed yeah then he wants a sketch of it and well, mostly he also wants her to suss him out and see if he's yeah. a raw, reliable witness, if he's like trustworthy at all. Like she, he feels like he can, she has good instincts for suspects. 
Oh, yeah. And uh, Booth also wants to know why Brennan wouldn't have, uh, you know, given him the transcript, even though she gave her boyfriend the transcript. I keep calling the, the manuscript. Transcript. Yeah. Thank the you. Manuscript. The manuscript. <laughs> um, the transcript. Uh, he's like so he's like a little boy. He's asking Angela's like, oh, like she's kind of like smiling, like kind of like. He's kind going of through this reacting. whole thing in his mind and he's like talking oh to God. himself like, oh, maybe, you know, there's too much of me in it or she was embarrassed. Like he's trying to convince yeah. himself, like rationalize why she wouldn't have given him her manuscript for her book. And then he just like he Angela doesn't say anything. She's just watching him go through this whole emotional and kind of like of smiling. Journey. He's going through this whole journey in his mind and she's just watching him like psychologically work it out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's really quite funny. And thank God the family car arrived. So yes. he has to go to the evidence processing room at this point because mm. I don't know how long he would have been there thinking about this yeah. manuscript. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit awkward. Uh, we end up in the cleanest most pristine, most beautiful evidence processing room I've ever seen in any show ever. This is like a garage, an FBI it's, garage. It's like, a, it looks like a hangar. Like it looks like yeah. there were 747s in there and now like <laughs> private jets even. Yes. But they cleared those out so they could make way for this 20 year old car. <laughs> well, aren't they working on several um, cars though? Like there's more than just oh, that yeah, car. There, there's a bunch of, yeah. There were, it wasn't just cars. Like there were, there were a couple, I think there was a boat. Anyway, there's yes. a couple, um, things in there. Yeah. But we zoom straight in. We go straight to, uh, this vehicle, Brennan's uh, family vehicle. Mm -hmm. And there's a bunch of FBI techs that are going through it with a fine tooth comb. Um, Russ confirms, yep, that's our old car. You can see that there was Question. a bumper sticker with the high school name. Yes. Tell me everything. I have a question. <clears throat> yes. Yes. How is Russ getting cleared to go into an FBI oh, evidence <laughs> like garage place? I oh, don't yeah. understand how he's there. He probably would not in real life. Like he's a criminal, like a convicted yeah. criminal. Anyway. And how do yeah. they know? Anyway. Okay. And how do they know he's not involved? Exactly. Even though he was although seven. I think he was pretty whatever. Young. Yeah. Anyway, he was or seven no, he when was they 19. changed their identities. He was nineteen, he was 19 when they disappeared. When they left. So exactly. he could have. I'm just saying. But, yeah. So Booth is like, okay, everyone, get out to the FBI techs that are trying to work on okay. the car. This is another thing. Does he have that he power? He tells everybody to clear the room. Like, they're literally clearing out a hangar-sized garage filled with FBI evidence gatherers and analysts. Yeah. And the tech is like, are you serious right now? Like, really? But then and they I'm do like, it. But is that necessary? I don't think so. I think like, that they could have had this. They had a very specific conversation. Yes. It was sensitive. But yes. why would those guys care? I don't think that they would have cared. I also don't think that that conversation had to happen at that exact moment. No. <clears throat> um, it's just a cool at, shot. <laughs> at this moment. Yeah. It, it just looks nice. Um, <laughs> so. Okay. We so find Booth, out. What does he divulge? 
Booth had looked in the NCIC database for a married couple who disappeared in 1978. And he pulls out a photo, Max and Ruth Keenan. And Russ confirms, okay, yeah, those are my parents. So Max and Ruth Keenan, not Brennan. As you might be able to tell, we're looking at two mugshots. Yes. So it would appear that his parents are mug sh- are, are mugshots are criminals, <laughs> just like Russ apparently. Um, and at this moment, Brennan clues in. She's been somewhat like slow to clue into things so far in this episode. She clues in with him and she says, "You were seven years old. What is your real name? What is my?" Real and she gets she's very upset that he's been lying to her yeah we find out that russ's name is kyle and that her name was actually joy yes um she's so upset with him she ends up slapping him telling her that he's not her brother yeah and he basically just and she basically just storms off leaving uh, russ and booth behind and she's just like what else are you lying about just like she has the breakdown that we've been expecting this whole episode it's just been building and building and building and this is it just came to right like yeah just it had to happen and this this is the scene that it happened in it's fair (laughs) it is fair and it's also i totally get it like i also get uh bottomless rage whenever i'm around my brother so i understand (laughs) Literally, the year, I can tell you this story. It was the year my sister died, actually. And I was going to fly down to New Brunswick and go to a memorial for her that was being held by her mother-in-law. My mother had nothing to do with it. I have a weird family that's super weird and they can't handle any kind of deep emotion at all. I called my brother and I was really upset because my mother refused to go. Then my brother refused to go. And I was making a special trip out there. I didn't know these people. I was just going to drive three hours from my dad's place in New Brunswick and spend the day with these people to commemorate my sister and all that stuff. Yeah. My brother was being horrible. And I can say this in public. Everyone knows I have a very difficult relationship with him. And then I got so angry, Brittany, there is a rage, like a lion's roar that comes up from the bottom of my stomach and it yeah. goes up to my chest and I go, I roar. Like I literally, like I've only ever had it around my brother. <laughs> <laughs> he has a way of triggering me that- Like pushing your buttons. Oh, it's horrible. And then when I get to that place of lion's roar, he starts laughing at me. That's even worse. And that's when that's I hung up on him at that point because I was just like, oh, yeah, I can't do this. So needless to say, going? I did go and my mother ended up going and my brother ended oh, up good. going. And my nephew, like my sister's children came as well, who they had an estranged relationship with her as well. So they all ended up coming. <clears throat> But uh, I still have that relationship with him today. And that was yeah. a few, like, I don't know, it was 2015 or 16, I think, when that happened. So anyway, I'm just saying, I totally get where Brennan's coming from. And yes, like that kind of rage 
you only get that with your family of origin. It's only going to happen with your family. Like they just have a way of to making push your buttons. You, well, they they treat you like you're still 10 years old. Yes. And like it's so maddening. It's maddening. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yes. I I can I just I empathize with her in this moment. But at the same time, I can't help but still feel a little bit bad for Russ. Listen, Russ, I can't believe how well he's taking this. Seriously. He's being very calm about all of this stuff. And I just find it interesting. And I'm sure this will come up later, later, later. Yes. I have a feeling later, later. But Russ is taking this all in stride, I feel. Like, yeah, I totally think that. I think, I wonder if he kind of approached the situation like, what's the worst that can happen? Yeah. <laughs> if I if I come, I have to go anyway because this guy's telling me he's going to revoke my parole. Yeah. Like, may as well just suck it up and just do what I need to do so I can get back to my regular life. Yeah, he is a little defeated. You're right. He's defeated. I don't know. But we end yeah. up, uh, Brendan's now oh. talking to her best friend. Oh, sorry, Angela. <laughs> and she is confiding in her. They're back at the at the lab, um, yeah. but they're standing on the catwalk. And Brennan's explaining to her that the, the kind of the same thing she was saying before that she she did have a little bit of hope, but now she's finding out that her mom was alive for that that she would be found. Mm-hmm. Um, and now she's finding out though that her mother was alive for almost two years after they disappeared so it's worse it's bad enough to find out that she's dead but it's worse to find out that she was abandoned like she where was she for those two years um and angela like she's really trying to confide in her and angela's like well at least you got to slap russ you wanted to do that for years it's like okay anyway but brennan kind of talks about how uh, an experience that she had with russ and the relationship she used to have with russ it, it appears that they used to be extremely close. Um, yeah. That Russ was like this cool older brother. Um, and she tells this story about how she was never really that cool or she didn't really ever feel pretty. and But her identity was around being his little sister. Um, wow. Definitely pretty. <laughs> she said she wasn't pretty. We're looking at as pictures of Emily Deschanel as a child. She was gorgeous. <laughs> she Everything was, not, was fine. She was fine. <laughs> she was fine. So anyway, so this like real ugly duckling that she was hmm, yeah. used to um he used to play this game called Marco Polo with her, and she'd be sitting in class, and out the window she'd hear Marco, and it was just his way of checking in on her and letting everyone know that that she was his little sister and it made her feel really special. And she would say polo back. And sometimes that would be the only word she'd say the whole day, but it was something that, that they had and something special that they shared after her parents disappeared. Yes. And then she says, I miss that. I miss that when someone cared about where I was all the time. Yeah. And then... um, Booth cares because he immediately after she says that says Bones Bones where are you are you are you up there? <laughs> <laughs> and 
and he wants to it turns out that he had found the agent that was assigned to her, her parents case so i love it like right person. after she said it was that, like the perfect timing he goes both let's go like he's like yeah wants her to come with her with him sorry perfect timing which even if that hadn't happened though it's so obvious that that person like she's saying she doesn't have that person but he's totally that person who shows up oh my god food after midnight yeah you have a and hashtag where's david um (laughs) (laughs) but like he obviously cares for her romantically or not like we don't have to jump to conclusions or get there but no at the very don't. least he's a fantastic partner and someone who really cares great very friend. deeply for her yes good very friend. very good, good friend. friend um all right want to talk about their meeting at the fbi headquarters yeah so they go back to fbi headquarters and we are met with the agent who apparently was on the uh case her parents what's keenan's their last name yeah keenan the keenan case Kenan. and i have to say this woman who plays this agent is played by d wallace she's an amazing actress i loved her energy she was phenomenal in this very small scene but incredibly memorable like she talks about this bank robbing gang i just want to say this actress was in et she plays elliot's mother in et what and she was in Cujo, the classic movie Cujo. She played the mom in that as well. What? Yeah, so she's a classic like 80s, late 70s, early 80s actress. Uh, and I just love when people like this pop up. They just pop up yes. in these shows. She just had a very, I love the way she talked. I could listen to her talk all day. Like the way her cadence and like the quality of her voice was awesome. Yeah. So she reveals like to... Yours. <laughs> <laughs> my sister I'm... says the same thing you have a wonderful radio voice carry on I'm kelly seriously gonna put you in my back pocket and take you everywhere i go anyway this woman uh agent talks about this i honestly didn't write all these details down but it's uh, a bank robbing gang that she was investigating oh interruption hi greg come here hi greg here, say hi hello everybody <laughs> how you doing honey he can't hear hello. you. But here he is. She says hello. Mwah. Nice shirt. <laughs> you can say hi in the microphone. Hi. hi. Hi, Brittany. How are you? Long time no see. Good. I know. It's been so long. <laughs> A couple days. <laughs> A couple days. A couple days. Okay. So, uh, excuse me. Interruption. No, um, yeah. That's an excellent interruption. Is he going to make yes. you pizza? Oh, God, no. We had um, Jamaican. We had jerk pork and rice and peas and gravy do you like uh, jamaican food i like some i i I have a very low tolerance for spice um yes so that's my problem jerk pork isn't spicy i had jerk pork uh, rice peas and gravy the gravy is what is key to food. and then coleslaw and then fried chicken and barbecue chicken anyway greg he goes to this place it's called Alwyn's in the west end that's really phenomenal anyway Alwyn's. that was my meal so d wallace slash agent blah blah anyway. blah okay. is talking about this bank robbing gang that the keenans were a part of and then she asks she interrupts herself and says am i to understand i'm addressing the family i love the way she said that I it was oh yeah so professional she speaks with, she speaks with like such grace oh Oh my god. And again, yeah. how is Russ here? Like I just I'm yeah. really 
interested in the fact that Ross is here with the visitor's badge. Yeah. He got through the clearance. I guess it's okay. Uh, Booth vouched for him. So we learn that Max and Ruth Keenan were not really vibing with this gang that she was investigating. She felt that they were more uh, stand-up criminals. Yeah, more they were... passive well, they weren't violent. They didn't use guns. They would yeah. con people to get into safety deposit boxes. They were, um, what did she call them? They were. She called them stand-up criminals. They were. They were stand-up criminals yeah. as opposed to these other guys that, that they were uh, running with that she was investigating that were tied with white supremacists and all yeah. these other types of gangs. So she was... Um, just thought it was weird that Max and Ruth Keenan, which were Russ and uh, Brennan's parents. Yeah. Um, I guess they, I don't know. You tell me what happened. I'm going to, I'm going to let it go now. Yeah. Because I wrote it down a bunch of shit. And apparently in 1978, all these robberies stopped. Yes. And that was because, so there was one extremely violent job in Dayton. Um, where two innocent bystanders were killed, a state trooper, and seven wounded, seven people were wounded. That happened July fourth, nineteen seventy-eight, and that is around the time where they had changed their identities. Um, so at that point, it appears that they, their particular brand of safety deposit box robberies, as you said, that that was that was their specialty. Yeah, uh, they had stopped. And this this woman had had thought that they were unfortunately killed for their cut uh, as part of that Dayton massacre slash robbery, right? Um, but that was basically it. She had she that's where the trail went. She just assumed that they were dead. She didn't think anything of it. Did she mention that somebody it. had turned state's evidence on this? She okay. said a few years later, one of them had turned state's evidence for an FBI agent out of Louisville. Okay. And the rest of them were sent to jail. Um, and at this point, they're all dead, is what is what she was saying. That was an right. excellent, excellent question. They, Russ is a little confused. Russ yeah. is like, our parents were bank robbers. Like, their understanding was that their father was a high school science teacher and she was a bookkeeper. The mother yeah. is a bookkeeper, so it's pretty it's a lot. crazy that they, like, for this, like, this double identity situation it's to be a happening, lot. it's a lot. What? Like, the fact that the mothers, they found the mother, and not only did they find the mother, but the mother wasn't who they thought she was. Oh, they find that out was, she was murdered. Yeah, they found out she was murdered. Like, there's just a lot going on. Yeah. At this point, that FBI tech that was told to, that, that had told everyone to clear the room, yeah, uh, comes by and they and he says that they found uh, blood in the car from two separate individuals. Mm-hmm. Da, 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 da. And then Hodgins is going to describe to us why. Um, yeah, so back at the lab, Hodgins is going over all this DNA evidence. Blah blah blah. Oh, yeah. Basically, they match. You know, Brennan, Russ, the parents. Um, but then they have this other DNA the blood sample they found was from somebody completely different outside of the family. Yeah. And it's a mystery person. So Booth offers to run the DNA through their CODIS system. They use a lot of uh, acronyms in this episode. 
for yeah. all the different systems and organizations and, you know, different sort of branches of the federal sort of investigative, you know, branches or I don't know, offices, I guess the federal investigative offices, like they mention a lot of these different places. So he's going to run it through the CODA system for the DNA. And then next after... combined DNA index system, that's what codex stands for, by the way. Oh, thank you. I just Googled it because I was curious. That's awesome. <laughs> so after know. that quick scene of the explanation of DNA, yeah. uh, we have Russ who's sitting down with Angela and they're getting off to a bit of a rocky start. Well, probably because she didn't call him sweetie once. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell me more. Why, why did they get off to a rocky start? Well, she says to him, like, I basically have been asked to charm you into talking to me about, you know, when you were a kid to try to get some idea as to, you know, who might have killed your mother. Yeah. And then she starts off by saying, you know, I'm Brennan's best friend. And if you screw her over, I'm going to, you know, she's like being all tough with him. And he goes, are you, is this part of the charm part that you were telling me? <laughs> like, are you trying to be charming right now? I thought that was hilarious. But he started taking this in stride again. Russ is really accustomed to people treating him like crap, I guess. And yeah. then he asks her honestly, like if Brennan actually really hates him. And Angela I thought says, that was no, so she's sad. Yeah, like this is a really good scene with Russ, I felt. Because yes. he asks Angela, you know, does Tempe really hate me? And Angela's, no, she doesn't hate you. She loves you. Like, it's harder. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to love you because of, you know, all the issues and stuff. Yeah. But Russ is really upset in this moment because he feels, he tries to tell Angela that he was told to keep a promise when he was seven years old. You know, seven years old, his father tells him don't use your old name this is your name don't tell anybody if you don't keep the secret from everybody including police officers whomever blah 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 you are threatening the lives of your sister and your mother if you do yeah. this like you have to so he made him repeat his new name russ brennan russ brennan over and over and over again so he'd remember who what his name was and he didn't want that's to put a lot his... For a seven, seven years old, old. <laughs> for a seven year old, yeah. like it's insane. So Angela sort of goes all hypnosis on him a little bit in this moment yeah. where she's trying to get him to remember anyone who might have come around during that time that was perhaps a little dodgy, scary, somebody that might. So she coaxes a memory yeah. out of him eventually of a scary guy. Um, At this point, her attitude, she doesn't really say anything about the story that he's telling her like in terms of like oh i'm so sorry that must have been really yeah. difficult doesn't right. say anything like that really jumps in like you said jumps in to this like mode this work mode um but even though she doesn't verbally indicate to him that she feels sorry for a situation she's the way that she acts you can tell that her attitude toward him really changed Definitely. at that point she does warm up to him definitely big time um and she is able he is able to describe a man to her mm -hmm. and hopefully she 
drew him scowling because he wouldn't have been a happy man. <laughs> Apparently, this was a gentleman that his father had told him if you ever saw this guy again, to run and yeah. hide. Like, take his sister and hide. So, that's so scary. And that all happened that same day that he was told to not call himself by Kyle, Kyle. anymore. That his yeah. new name was Russ. Yeah. So we're back having a late night um, Chinese food dinner meal with uh, Brennan. Yeah. Hashtag where's David? Hashtag um, where's David? Nowhere in sight. Nope. Uh, also, can I just say? Yes. David has to be a very confident man. Mm-hmm. To be oh, yeah. okay with this whole situation. Oh, 100%. I'd be like, um, if it was me, yeah. I'd be like, what are you doing? Yeah, like, what's what's going on? What's going like, on? Hey, here? I'm coming over for I'm coming over for a sleepover tonight. <laughs> oh, hey oh, Booth. Hey. You're here. That's weird. Or are you trying to read the manuscript? <laughs> oh yeah, no, she only showed it to me. <laughs> You're so right though. Well, so Booth and Brennan are are chatting about the case. Yep. Brennan kind of jokes that it's it's clear she makes this joke of that she's gonna get fat if she keeps eating all this Chinese food. Yeah. Um, so it's clear that okay, we only saw one other scene that he brought Chinese food in the middle of the night, but it would it's implied that this is not the second time, that this has happened quite a few times in between. Yeah. Um again, where's David? Anyway, so <laughs> basically um, <sighs> Brennan and Booth are kind of just chatting a little bit we find out a little bit about booth booth kind of opens up about his family yes um, because brennan is saying like i don't really how, how is it that these are my parents so booth opens up a little bit of his family apparently um his dad drove fighter jets in vietnam and then it was a barber yes Brittany, he drove them jesus yeah, murphy he, he, well that's what he said no, he flew them. He flew jets. In, he was he a Vietnam drove. War bat. I swear Did to he? God. He said drove oh. thoughts and phantoms. And then like, oh, Bonescript.com. I'm literally looking at it right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, but what I loved about this is that he said, yeah, he became a barber or something after that, right? Yeah, and then became a barber. And his mom wrote jingles for a local listen, advertising company. Listen, I was How like. How did he become an FBI agent? <laughs> is that a job? Can I do that job? I'd like, love to. You hear this like, all the time about people writing jingles. I'm like, how is that even real work? I write like five jingles a day for Wayne. Um, <laughs> when he was born, I was very like, I had to change so many diapers. So I would sing to him. I'd be like, did you make a pee pee, a pee pee, a pee pee? Did you make a pee pee, a pee pee poo poo? <laughs> I still oh, sing it to him. Honey, honey. <laughs> Well, you got to get your creativity in somehow, right? Well, yeah. Well, and then if it was only a pee, I'd be like, yes, you made a pee-pee, a pee-pee. <laughs> but not a poo-poo. Right. So after he says, like, his <laughs> parents like, Oh, my God, stop. Through... No, but I'm just saying you spent too much time alone. But anyway, so. Oh, 100%. <laughs> okay. So after, uh, what, after um, his parents... We find out Speaking what his parents did. What, what does Brennan say? 
Oh, I was going to say, she's like, oh, what, your parents didn't go out at night and rob banks? And she's being really sarcastic. I thought that was quite funny. And then he oh, says yeah. this thing where he's like, oh, I, like, it's, you're probably right. It's too late to eat Chinese food. Because I was like, oh, what, do you got to go poop now, Booth? You got to oh, leave because sure. you like, Chinese. Chinese. I'll see you tomorrow. Got to go. <laughs> <laughs> so... Sing the song. Did you go a pee pee, a pee pee, poo poo? <laughs> yes, he made a poo poo. <laughs> oh my oh, god. Shit. Sorry. Yes, I definitely spent too much time alone, especially in those early days. Now I'm, now I just sing it because I already made it up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. We end up at the medical legal lab. Yes. I don't know why I needed to say it like that. We end up back at the lab and it is clear that. Brennan was un- unable to sleep, so she's come in the middle of the night. And Zach is still there. And yes, he makes it clear to her she's wondering why he's even there. And he's saying to her that we find out where they're actually they're all of them are there. It's not just him. They he says to her that they are not gonna stop until they figure out what happened to her mother. Okay. I thought that that was really touching. It's touching, but also Brennan. She says, thank you. But then the next sentence should be, Zach, go home. Yeah. Instead, she she, uh, starts to help him. Mm. So they start to hypothesize that maybe the subdermal hematoma started out much smaller and then grew over time. Yes. So they end up, I don't know why he wouldn't have done this to begin with, but anyway, so he is looking at (laughs) <laughs> at that moment, he's looking at a specific portion of the skull um, right. up on the screen. And she says, okay, try to magnify it 100 times. Go to 500. And then they see that there would have been some sort of fracturing pattern that would let them figure out what the weapon was. But it was like they had to go to 500 magnification to be able to see it. Which it's not at this point, but later we find out that someone must have basically pulled her back away from a weapon so that the blow from the weapon was significantly less damaging yeah it's a very although eventually it did kill her situation yeah it's a it's weird situation strange. for sure yeah, yeah, yeah um yeah, yeah, yeah. anyway brennan fell asleep on her couch booth comes in the next day yeah he creeps into her office creeps in and she's mm-hmm. like i'm awake <laughs> classic <laughs> been awake the whole time and what happens? Well, he gets her up and tells her that they found out whose blood it was that was in the car. Yeah. But the issue is, is that that person's in witness protection. And he's like, he doesn't think he's going to get them to help him at all. Then Angela walks in just in that moment and says, would it help if I gave you a sketch yeah. of the guy? So apparently Russ was able to describe to Angela in enough detail for her to produce a sketch of this person. So then he, Booth takes the sketch and he goes, all right, I'm going to play hardball with witness protection. I'm going to threaten. Oh, yeah. He starts threatening. He's going to put this sketch of this guy on television and he stomps out of there. Which, so I guess that this is the person who must have stir- turned state's evidence because that's why they're in witness protection to begin with. Also, she said that that, that agent had said that basically all, all the rest of the crew were dead. Yeah. I'm assuming that this is someone who is part of their crew. Right. So that's number one. 
And then number two, I forget what I was going to say, but I had a thought and I don't remember. Oh, I remember. Um, Angela's coming in. Like she just finished the sketch, (laughs) but like, is Russ there? Where's Russ? (laughs) Hashtag Russ sleep over. Where's Russ? Did Russ and her have a thing? Hashtag where's Russ? Hashtag where's Russ? Hashtag is Hodgins jealous? (laughs) Because like, why was there so much time in between the sketch? And no, the I the think sketch. she had the sketch and saw Booth and brought it to him when she saw him come in. Ugh, okay, you're always come giving on, me Brittany. a reasonable you're... explanation. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, Booth marches off with the sketch, threatening to play hardball with witness protection if they don't want, don't get access to this guy. And Angela sits down and she goes, ah, sometimes he's just, whew. like she's like kind of hot. She thinks it's hot that Booth is so, uh, such a hero, you know, all the time. But what I liked is how Brennan responded to this. Like, she kind of just shakes her head and smiles. Like, she agrees with Angela. She does. She agrees with her, I think. Yeah, agrees. But also, it's like, is this the right time? (laughs) Well, it's just Angela just being Angela. And Brennan's like, yeah, you're right. It's pretty hot. Like, I agree. Like, I'm not, like, Brennan's not made of stone. Like, come on. (laughs) No. Also, you should know that I started reading uh, Deja Dead again. Oh, fun. And, which is the first book written by Kathy Rikes. And you're totally right. Temperance Brennan is a completely different character. Anyway, we'll talk about that later. Um, So we end up on a pig farm. Yes. With uh, Booth and Brennan pulling up there. And this guy gives me the heebie-jeebies. This guy, his name is Vince McVicker. Um, Br- Brennan is like, oh, this guy's a mechanic like Russ? No, Brennan. <laughs> You've been working in, like, cr- crime this whole time. Give me a break. You know what a mechanic is. So anyway, <laughs> this guy used to kill people. This is amazing, this scene. Because for some reason... So Booth has his gun on this guy. Pulls out yes. his gun right away. Says, don't move. Gets Brennan to go over and check for a gun. <clears throat> and she finds three. She finds one. Anyway, she finds three. One in a holster. One behind the small of his black. One in his ankle. And I have yeah. to cough. Be right back. Hi. Hi. Um, so this guy, Mick Vicker, he's calling himself Steve Beers, a pig farmer. Right. And Booth is like, give me a fucking break. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm not going to go through the federal federal marshals to talk with you, even though you want me to. But you know what? If you want me to do that, though, um, I can tell them about the uh, concealed weapons that you have. Right. So finally, this guy kind of opens up. But he's so slimy. Um really the only reason that he really opens up is because brennan is like i'm ruth keenan's daughter and he's yeah. like oh joy yeah is that you hmm. Ugh. what do you think of this guy what do i think of him well he's very slippery First impressions oh yeah he's very slippery and he knew it's weird when he calls her joy right like it's it's so weird and kind of creepy when he calls her that 
Oh, yeah. It's like a familiarity that's uncomfortable, you know? Well, and then he goes on to tell a story. Like, he has this whole story about about him and Ruth, uh, I almost called her Joy, uh, Brennan's mother, having a torrid love affair. Yeah. And the reason that the blood was found in the car was because her father, Max, had attacked them. Um, yeah. He's like, this is like, can he show some scar on his forehead? Oh, yeah. And I got this at the same time. Right. Um, we were going to run off together and Joy, like we were going to come back for you. That was always part of the plan. Yeah. Um, explains that, that Max had hit Ruth with a tire iron. Yeah. Um, had also hit him. And then he was, because he got hit, then he was passed out. And when he came to, they were, they were gone and -hmm. he never saw either of them ever again um at this point though so he says tire iron yeah and immediately i was like this guy's lying because <laughs> we kind of went we kind of skipped over it a little bit or like great uh, glazed over it but yeah there was a conversation that angela and brennan and zach had been having yeah about uh the type of um and Hodgins, about the type of weapon and mm-hmm. Hodgins said that the the shape of the of the the indentation on the skull looked like it would have been the business end of a tire iron Mm -hmm. but angela said no the size is all wrong it's way too small Mm -hmm. um so when this guy says that it was a tire iron i was like "Mm, i was believing you even though i thought you were super slimy but now i don't Mm -hmm. and he continues to call her joy and at this point yeah she's had it like that's enough to she's th- really hard enough to stomach she's so she's upset. upset and she's losing it so she starts sort of doing this weird it's anxiety right and she's yeah. just so overwhelmed with emotion and she's so upset about this whole situation like if you think about it you find your mother's skull they find out yeah. she was murdered. They find out they weren't even that identity. They she finds out she had a different name. She finds out they were criminals and bank robbers. She you know like it's really a she lot finds, of information. She finds out that she was also having that she was an adulterer, adulteress. Yeah, adulter. well, that's that the she, least of her worries, right? Least of so, her worries, but like it's something that's just getting added on. That some creepy guy knows who she is, but yeah. she didn't even know her name. Yeah, and then Temperance, the, so Brennan's going, my name is Temperance Brennan. I am an anthropologist. Like, she keeps going, I am this. Like, she keeps kind of reinforce yeah. her own identity out loud, and she's crumbling, like, getting really upset. She's trying she to, She like, starts to cry. Reaffirm, like, who she is, like, to yeah. hold on to something. I have a brother. My mother was a bookkeeper. Of, yeah, she wants, yeah. like, reality is completely yeah. crumbling around her. And Booth consoles her in this moment and hugs her and holds her and says, it's yeah. okay. Everything's going to be fine. I got I you. I know who you are. Yeah. I know who you are. Oh! I know. Oh! I'm getting goosebumps thinking about this No, scene. me too. But back Shh. earlier in the lab when you were talking about when Angela Hodgins and Zach were talking about the weapon and the size of the uh, indentation and all that, that was when Brendan was like really moved by everyone helping her and she thanked them like, yeah you guys like thank you so much for your help like she's she's really wow she's grown a lot eh? she uh, has grown a ton from the very first episode that's for sure oh my god oh my god um she's also much more open and Mm -hmm. emotional than she was in the beginning 
Definitely. Like, yes. Okay. This is an incredibly emotional moment for her. Like she's having an identity crisis basically. Um, but she's, she actually cries. Like she starts yep. crying and there's yep. very few moments in this whole show so far where we've seen that vulnerability from her at all. Um, so it, it's twofold. It, she's grown a lot. She's opened up a lot more, but it's also like, this is a very, very painful Oh God! Experience yes. for her. I can't imagine. Oh, I can't imagine either. But, um, so Russ, Brennan, and Booth are now back at Brennan's apartment. Can I just say Brennan's apartment is huge? Oh, humongous! Is this the same? <laughs> like, does Booth have PTSD being there though? I know. Is there any evidence of the blown up refrigerator anywhere? Yeah, I'm just scene? thinking about that now. Thank you. You could Our talk guy. about this scene. I'm gonna look it up sure okay well so they're they're talking and basically russ is like there's no way that our our dad hit mom there's not a chance yeah and brennan is like well if she she's eaten up the story that mcvicker told and he's she's saying well russ like what if, if he had found them together then yeah maybe um but booth puts his foot down and he says this guy's lying he lies the way that you guys take a drink of water he's killed people and then snitched to save himself like there's i don't believe this guy for a second um and brennan wants evidence okay if if this story is not believable then then why and he has a whole story to back up why he thinks that this guy's a liar is he any point the specific evidence in his mind is the school sticker on the back of the parent's car was scraped off right and the only reason that they would have done that was to keep them safe and they believe that and he believes that they would have been wanting to keep them safe the kids safe from mick from mick vicker because he had performed hits for the crew that they were on and they don't want to they didn't want them to get hurt they basically left to, they abandoned them in quotes to protect them basically right 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 um I'm still looking for the refrigerator. Yeah, no problem. No, it's no um, s- sign of the refrigerator. So, no sign of the refrigerator. Yeah. Is there a sign of where they keep where she had the record player? <laughs> no, because they're in know. the kitchen dining room area, not in the. Living oh, true, room, so. and it's that big. It's not like a regular it's condo huge. size. It's like a loft or something. It's insane. Yeah, it's insane. so. Well, uh, where are we? So they've decided that the parents fled so that the children would be protected. Would right? be protected. But then Brennan gives him and gives Russ another stab. Like basically Booth is saying, okay, like we're going to figure out if we're lucky, we're going to be able to match a weapon that yeah. he used on your mother because he keeps getting away with murdering people because they can never find the weapon. But right. we're going to try to find the weapon. Right. Um, but then Russ says, Tempe, like this, this theory that Booth has would explain why they never came back for us. Right. And that this why, after, why is this after Booth leaves? Like he, leaves yeah, sorry. Booth had left the and then immediately after he leaves the Vicker's place. Yeah. Yes. So they, they, he, Booth leaves and then they start having this one-on-one conversation. Um, and Russ is pointing out like, yes. Okay. She was gone for this year and a half, two years before she died but it explains this theory would explain why she didn't come back 
because she didn't want to she didn't want them to be in danger right and brennan shots fired is like okay well then what's your excuse right so they start to argue immediately the the brother rage happens but then i i feel so bad yeah but then russ stands up for himself finally finally and (laughs) comes back at her and says actually it was you you were hateful you didn't talk to me you turned your back on him i was young too like basically he's saying you know i wasn't i was young too like yeah i was, was 19 messed up like, for me as well yeah and you completely ignored me like i tried yeah. for years and years to like contact you and call you every year and i've tried yeah. to reach out and you've completely rejected me so she's being yeah it's interesting he's like flipping the mirror on her and saying like you yeah know, what about your side of the street like i think that she needed to hear that perspective and hear like it wasn't even just her being rude to him or like being hateful to him. Like he's 19 years old. Your parents disappear. You're fully responsible for taking care of your 15 year old sister who is acting like she hates your guts. Yeah. And there's all these people around him. He said that were telling him that Tempe would be better off in foster care. Yeah. And you're 19 years old. What are you going to do? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you're obviously second guessing that that's the right thing. Yeah. So anyway, Russ leaves and it kind of show they the the end of the scene is Brennan, you can tell she's kind of thinking about what he says. Um and hopefully taking it to heart, but we won't find out until a little bit later in this episode. We're back in the lab. They're looking at yes. some weapons that were taken from McVicker's farm. And none of them seem to match the uh none of them match the wound at all um they have so many hammers axes and tire arms like they're all laid out on the 20 table. hammers so many things it's crazy it's insane it's all laid out on this platform too like they have a huge table on the platform right then brennan has thank god has a little bit of a revelation yes his booth is talking about how this guy is always getting away with it like they can never find the weapon. Yes. And Brennan said it's always the forehead that has a, a Yeah. Problem. And we find out, yeah, okay, that's a signature kill. Yes. And then she thinks, how do you slaughter a pig? Because she finds yeah. out that he had grown up on a farm in Iowa. Yeah. Well, we're back on the farm and Mick Vickers looking like he's going to get nervous. Yeah, McVicker's there. He's got his uh, prison orange on and he's watching them sort of look over the farm again and he's looking a little nervous. Yeah. And they're trying to find like a gun that kills pigs. It's like a, I don't know how to describe it. It's like a stun gun kind of thing. I don't remember what they're called. I can't remember what it's called, but it like basically it looks like a gun. Yeah. The piece in the middle where a bullet would come out instead it's like a it's like a it's like, like a, a metal rod yeah rod metal that's rod what i'm looking for that gets punched into the animal's skull and kills their brain dead so yes she finds the gun this particular type of uh, gun that they use to kill pigs and brennan shoots one off against the fence you hear the pigs protesting because of the noise and oh yeah they're probably the most very intelligent animals and they know what the hell is going on. 
So they're like, no, not the stun gun. Anyway, the attack. Uh, you also we see the fence get like blown out from this <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah, absolutely obliterated. Oh my and there's God. the tech guy that was originally at the garage looking over the the car evidence is also there. And he goes, oh my God, how could anyone use this on a person? And Brennan's like, how could anyone use this on a pig? And she basically yeah. claims that she's going to be vegetarian after this. Yeah. Which I, I think to... we need to talk about this, but I, I said to Mark before she said that, I was yeah. like, I'm pretty sure that she is a vegetarian. I think she actually is a vegetarian in future seasons. We will talk about this as really we carry on. Yes, I'm pretty sure. Wow. Okay. But we, I don't know for sure. I'm pretty sure that she is though. Okay. Question. Have you ever yes. seen the movie No Country for Old Men? A very long time ago. Right. It came out in 2007. What year did this episode come out? 2005. Right. In that movie, No Country for Old Men, there is a serial killer type dude played by Javier Bardem who goes around killing people with the same type of air pressure gun. Okay. Used to kill cattle. Interesting. I am curious if the Cohen brothers have enjoyed this show. Perhaps. Perhaps they're Bones <laughs> also, fans. <laughs> perhaps they're Bones fans. But yeah, uh, McVicker is, she thinks that it's definitely a match because of the shape of the rod. Yeah. Um, and McVicker is really nervous and wants to talk to Brennan before any decisions are made. And he wants to speak to Brennan alone. Oh, yeah. And Booth doesn't want this to happen and brennan's like it's okay you know it's okay yeah. i can do it and mick figure's saying like what the hell am i gonna do i'm like he's all uh his handcuffs on and everything but booth posts up right really close to McVicker, and he, he basically oh, yeah. looks and stares him down and says if you do as so much as hiccup i will consider that an attack and i will take you down like he's just yeah. like right there. like so threatening like very like don't try anything yes um also it was a spring-loaded captive bolt stunner thank you that's what it is but thank you no problem but mcvicker she brennan is like booth like it's fine like i'll 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 talk to him and booth is watching like a hawk as they yeah. are walking off um he as far as i'm concerned this guy just admitted to killing her mother in this 100 percent, 100 because she says i'm just going to read exactly what she said mm. she says you killed my mother he says that's going to be hard to convince a jury yeah and so that's basically th those are the two things i want to read but basically <laughs> he 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 points out though that he says if you want to know what really happened, yeah, you take that gun, take the bolt stunner, mm -hmm. and throw it down the wall, and you'll know what happened. If right. you put me in front of a jury, not only will you fail to convict me, but you're never going to find out the truth. Yeah. And thank God. It seemed Brennan looks over at Booth at this point, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, oh my God. Is she going to toss this thing down the well? Like, holy shit. She's like such yeah. a rule follower usually. <laughs> um, yeah, but he's like, she's like, I'm going to figure this out. 
I already found out what happened to my mother. I'm going to happen find out what happened to my father too. Yeah. We're done. Like conversation yeah. over. And this guy's yelling after you will never know what happened to your father. Like, Oh, I don't think I breathed during this scene. It was really intense. And I mean, I knew Brennan would never make a deal like that because she's so true. She respects oriented. the law. Yeah. Well, she's also wants the truth. She always yeah. wants the truth, no matter how difficult it is. Yeah. So she walks away from McVicker and says, no deal. Like, no yeah. deal. So. Yeah. Thank God. Honestly, you say that you knew she wouldn't. I there was okay but there was a moment that i was like she wants to know right obviously she wants to know yeah and there is that temptation like what does it hurt to do that yeah but i'm still kind of on the stun gun part because it's so gross and it like freaks me out and it's it's insane it's so scary it's so so scary scary. and but it also makes like it does make sense with the evidence i guess that so i guess the father had pulled her away at the last minute but the gun had still sort of grazed her, her This head. is my question. Okay. Thank you. I was going to ask this after, but I'll ask it now. Um, so are we to understand that she did receive some kind of impact from this gun and it gave her like this hematoma and she basically had a brain bleed and died? But it took like a year and a half. Wow. From what I understood. So. Which so would imply. Died of an aneurysm then? Eventually I or. guess so eventually. Maybe it wasn't a year and a half though. Maybe they had left. And McVicker had caught up to them. Yeah who knows right. But. Because th- there was some. What, because just she don't... died in five years. Okay. She died in. She Five died years a year and a, a year, yeah, but a year and a half after she had left. Okay. They found her body five years ago, but I think she died way before then. You sure? 1990. Wait, they said 1993 is when she died. When she died, is when they she found left. her body in 1998 is when they found it. That doesn't help me answer any question. I'm just Wait, curious does that to know. Math add up? Because right I now it's know. supposed to be. So 1991, she was 15, right? Yes. That's when she disappeared. So if this is 2005. Yes. And she was 15. So she's 29 years old. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh my God. She's the smartest 29 year old I've ever met. She's younger than me. That's wild. By a few years. That's wild. Emily wow. Deschanel. How old is she? Well, okay. Now we're Sorry, now I'm a really can going of down worms. That. But my, my question was originally, how did her mother die exactly? Did she die? Like, she got the impact. When did she get that head injury? You know? Holy shit, she actually was 29. Emily Deschanel. Oh, okay. That's better. Okay, I feel better now. <laughs> that's nuts. Okay, anyway, sorry. Yeah, it, the, the, the thing that's left open is also, when she got that the head means injury. You're totally that right. That guy, that professor dude that she was sleeping with. Oh, yeah. Gross. Gross. Oh. <laughs> Ew, yeah. 
Oh, that episode. Oh, poor thing. <sighs> poor honey bunny. Oh, poor honey bun. Oh. oh, we'll talk about that maybe next week. Well, yes. Yeah. No, okay, how did so... her mother die? That's what I want to know. Yeah, which I, I might I understand. Guess... He, she got the thing. Yeah. Boom, but didn't go in. Like her father, the father yeah. pulled away soon. Then his her father hit him over the head with the tire iron. Yeah. To get I away doubt it would have been years though, and I doubt it would have been a year and a half. I bet you he caught up to them. I think so. And then she died shortly after that incident. But no, but his blood was in the car. And they found that car. When did they find the car? Three days after they disappeared, <laughs> I thought. So that's what I thought too. And if that happened, the blood so was in the car. she lived with a head injury for that For a long? year and a half. I guess so. Jesus, Murphy. Maybe maybe something happened where she hit her head again or something and then it like Well, then you would have an aneurysm or a stroke or something. <coughs> yeah. Anyway, apparently they don't believe in doctors either. There's some issues surrounding her death, but we will just pretend that that didn't happen. So... <laughs> Now we are with our one of our car scenes. And it's wonderful because something is different this time, Kelly, isn't it? I just want to mention, just to yes. have some closure with this traumatic brain injury. Yes. <laughs> I just looked it up. Uh, it says, despite hospitalization and inpatient rehabilitation services, about 50% of people with a traumatic, traumatic brain injury experience further decline in their daily lives or die within five years of their injury. Oh, shoot. Okay. So huh. she probably didn't go to the hospital. Yeah. So she mustn't, obviously now it's saying she lived for, she potentially live for a year or so after yeah if he caught yeah, like up a year and a half. three days after they disappeared the car was found in chicago with the blood in it and then yeah. two years later she's yeah. dead so they found found the car end of december 1991 found i'm sorry there's a lot been... to unpack here okay there is. She had been to a movie in July of 1993. At least she saw a good movie before she died. <laughs> it's very poignant, obviously. The Fugitive. I mean, okay, guys. I'm like, okay. Could have been any movie. A little bit um, uh, on the nose there. Oh, definitely. Well, Brennan is driving. Yes! For once. Apparently this is, Booth calls it her reward because she yeah. totally pissed off a hitman. Yeah. And he also is trying to coax her into letting him read her book. Yeah. Which she says, no, you can read it once it comes out. Yep. And he's like, but I let you drive. <laughs> um, and he thinks that they're driving home or maybe back to the lab. But she is driving to make up for a little lost time. Right. So she's driving to Moorhead City, North Carolina. Can I tell you how far away that is? I was just about to say, did you look it up? You tell me how far away it is. I didn't look it up yet, but I'm about to find out because I just realized North Carolina is not 
even remotely close to Washington, D.C. No, no. Which, I like the detail of this. So I looked up just Washington to North Carolina. I didn't put Moorhead, I'll I'll be honest. So that's five hours away driving, okay? That's less than I thought, to be honest. But they're driving 10 hours. Oh, because it's there and back. Because they go to North Carolina. They show up at the fair. It's still nighttime. Is it? It's even further to Moorhead City. It's six hours and seven minutes. So is it day or night when they get there? It's night when they get there. And it's night when they're driving. Right. So there's a little bit of a... Fine. Yeah. But how late are carnivals open? How late is a carnival open? That's a good question. Oh my God. Brittany. We have found a time problem. This is a time problem because it's dark when they left Washington. Yeah. They drive to North Carolina. She goes to the fair with Booth to see her brother, to to talk to him, to have some closure with him. Booth is with her. Hashtag, where is David? (laughs) Hashtag, we found Russ. Russ is here. So. (laughs) Oh, there's Russ. There's Russ. (laughs) Hashtag, there's Russ. So Brennan basically approaches David, who happens to be next to the same Ferris wheel. That's what I was going to (laughs) say. Like, what's wrong with this Ferris wheel? Is is that his only specialty? He can only fix Ferris wheels? Same Ferris wheel. Breakdown Which, like, we're being so terrible, though, because this is actually a very beautiful scene. I know. I know. I just think it's like I get a little bogged down. Like I made a note. I was like, wow. OK, go on. What happened? Oh, I thought the same thing. So Booth is off getting a funnel cake after his <laughs> seven hour drive with no traffic <laughs> or six hour drive. Sorry. Um, which like maybe they stayed over in a hotel. They made a day of it. And then they went to the carnival. Hashtag where's David? Um, (laughs) anyway so brennan is there to make peace with russ and says listen you're right you were only 19 at the time i didn't understand what that mean what that meant and she she says sometimes people need to explain things to me and like i appreciate that you were open with me do you want to come back and maybe stay a couple days longer in DC, please? And stay um, with me. Yeah, stay with me at my place. Mm-hmm. And then he doesn't answer yes or no. He just says Marco. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm getting goosebumps saying it. Like I thought it was just such a special moment. Yeah. But she responds, Polo, they unite, they hug. Oh. And Booth is watching from a distance, just smiling at this, like at this situation. And this is, he is where I wrote. so much. Oh yeah. What did you write? Where's David? <laughs> Booth is watching. Where's David? <laughs> it's true though. So they um, drive back to Brennan's house. Another six hours. Oh my God. And it's night again. No, it was daytime when they got there. Are you sure? That's why I like this detail because oh, is it too early for a beer? Is what they yeah, said. Yeah, that's what he said. Okay. That's why I was like, why is he saying that? And then I realized, oh, they just drove like twelve hours. <laughs> Which I'm, I see. I'm I'm going. Sorry, I'm on looking it. on my phone at the show, 
they're hugging, they're hugging. And oh wait, you're right. It's still kind of nighttime. But but Russ says, is it too early for a beer? It might have been like really like five in the morning or something when they got there. Four in the yeah. morning. So it's like when still they dark, arrived. but it's like mm -hmm. morning. super early in the morning. Okay. Booth was about to leave though, mm -hmm. but because he has to go pick up Parker, which um. What a nightmare like, to go spend a day with your four-year-old son when you've been driving for 12 hours. Oh, yeah. He's probably so <laughs> tired. <laughs> and his son is probably going to be like, Daddy, pick me up. Daddy. <laughs> Daddy. Mm. But he sees the manuscript on the table. And he sees this stupid title, Bone Free. The worst title ever. And he takes a little peek. No, but the title is crossed out. Oh, it is crossed out because she, he had said that it was stupid. Yeah, she crossed out the title. I forgot about that. So it's crossed out. Mm -hmm. And then he sees this book is to my partner and friend, Special Agent Sealy Booth on the inside. Woo! And at that point, he says, you know what? I'll take a beer. <laughs> oh, I love, I love it. This book is dedicated to. Oh my oh, god! So sweet. We also find out. So we we find out that Russ has a girlfriend. Yes. And she has two daughters. Yes. Um, because Booth had mentioned Parker, and was like, "Oh, you have a son. Here's this common thing that this thing that we have in common." And so they, I'm just dilly dallying. So then they <laughs> have their beers. <laughs> Brennan brings them over. And they cheers and they do a little like to us, whatever, to who we're becoming. Right. And then Brennan decides that she needs to listen to her voicemail. That's she really exact needs moment. to check her messages right now. Like at this moment. Mm -hmm. So apparently she had a new message that was recorded at 3 p.m. How that fits into our timeline, I don't know. Mm -mm. Um and take it away, Kelly. Who is on the other side? Oh my god, Who's there's this voicemail. First of all, I haven't seen an answering machine like this for a long time. I didn't realize oh, yeah. that we were still using those in that year. Like you said, 2005? Oh, for sure we were. Because I used really? those in high school. Oh, yeah. I graduated right. in 2008 from high school. Okay. Yes. Oh, yeah. So she's checking her voicemail or her answering machine, whatever you want to call it. And she's just playing it willy-nilly. I expected, you know, there's no calls from David. Like David's not calling to ask where the Only hell she is. Only one voicemail. Yeah. one voicemail and there's a message from someone telling her to stop looking for him stop looking for me stop doing it right now and they all kind of look at each other and it yeah. turns out Bruce's like who is it like what's going on and then brennan looks at russ and looks at booth and says it's my father And we got this little flashback of what he used to look like. Yes. Memories. Yes. <gasps> and that's the yeah, end of he... season one. That is that's the end, end of season, of season one. one. The finale. We hear Temperance, Brennan and Russ's father on the phone telling her to stop looking for him. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Mic wow, drop. Wow wow. 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 It's amazing. What, what a think? phenomenal ending. What'd you think? I love this episode. I love, 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 love this episode. Tell I really me more. like Russ's character. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was nice that we got a little bit of the squints, but they weren't, we didn't really, we just got like a taste of them. It was like a, a nice amount of the squints, but there was a huge focus on Brennan and Booth, which I really liked. And I thought it really developed their relationship. Um, hey, David, because he's in the way. Uh, but where is he? Who knows? <laughs> what did you think? <laughs> um, what did I think? I was looking up the director for the episode. I was trying to figure out how many episodes this guy did. Oh, okay. He, um, I know that it says here he did five episodes. He did three in season one and two in season two. So okay. the director's name is Jesus Salvador Trevino. And he did Boy in a Bush, Man with the Bone, and The Woman in Limbo. So, wow. The Boy in the Bush was so sad. Man with the Bone was was very funny. And this one was like both. I loved what I like. This episode was, I was really trying to put myself in Brennan's shoes in this particular episode. I felt her anxiety. I felt how overwhelmed she was. Like Emily Deschanel did a great job, like depicting this person who was like, what the hell? Like my whole life is a lie like this is crazy and i thought booth was amazing yeah he was amazing he was like his character was in his character has grown so much and he cares so deeply for brennan i just love that like i love their friendship and i love their relationship and their partnership i think that she's she's really come around and he yes is just so supportive of her (laughs) well there's an ebb and flow right i find it really like they're really there for each other which it truly like i know everybody's like you know romance schmomance whatever but really if you look at any kind of like partnership like this especially in you know an investigative partnerships they are depicted this way where they're they do help each other they're there for each other you know, it's it's very much a true, like it's a true partnership. I like just a give really, and take. Yeah, I really like how they know each other now. Yeah. Which, you know, it's such a drastic difference between now and the first episode. Which oh, yeah. We'll talk about this next week, but. Yeah, for sure. Just like. The evolution is definitely quite apparent her attitude toward him i do like just like amazing well she's receptive to his um availability i guess yeah as opposed she's opened up yeah she's definitely open to him helping her which she never would have accepted before no and i like being introduced to her brother yes He's an interesting character to sort of throw in the mix. Uh, He was, I found he was just, he just wasn't very shocked by any of this stuff. So I just find it odd. That's the one thing I'll say. Like I, he wasn't really reacting the way, like surprised that they found the mother and that she was murdered and all these things. He was, I wonder if he's just so desensitized. Yeah, maybe. On that note, uh, do we have anything else to say about this episode? I think that's it. 
Okay. I think that we covered all the bases. Honestly, this was a big episode to unpack, so it took us a little bit longer than our typical episode lately, but there was a lot to talk about. And I just want to say thank you for coming with us, uh, along with us on this lovely journey through season one of Bones. I have absolutely loved watching this show with you, Brittany. It's been fantastic. And I'm and next week, join us for our recap. It's going to be phenomenal. It'll be wonderful. It's been so fun doing this. Mm -hmm. I can't wait for season two. Also, yeah. can't wait for the recap. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, join us for our recap next week. It's going to be really, really fun. And we're going to have some new things to talk about for season two. We'll definitely keep you guys in the loop. And it's going to be new and exciting stuff. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. And I just want to say thank you for listening to... Squint. Squint cast. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get it. Eventually. <laughs> Eventually. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Squint cast with me, Kelly Booth, and my and your new friend, Brittany Elsner. Rate and review and subscribe to the podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. Email us at squintcastpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at Squintcast. You can follow me at fab underscore empire underscore on Instagram and TikTok. Follow Brittany on Instagram at Brittany81523. The Bones theme song is written and performed by The Crystal Method. Just to let you all know, we are taking a week off and we'll be dropping the recap of season one in two weeks. Can't wait for you to hear what we've cooked up. See you next time. Hodgins! Did he go a pee pee, a pee pee, poo poo? <laughs> yes, he made a poo poo. <laughs>